Welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. My name is Terry, and today's episode is a chat with three very lovely individuals who run a stop motion studio here in Toronto called Stop Motion Department. And I'm especially excited about this episode because we really dig into the nitty gritty of how they got the studio set up and going here in the city and what it's taken to get a steady stream of business to get it to where it is today. Also, this is the very first episode I've actually recorded on location. I had the great opportunity to go into stop motion department, tour their studio and do the recording with them, which was really fun. But before I get into today's episode, I have a sponsored message to share with you. So it comes from my friends over at Bloop Animation, which is an online animation learning platform packed with premium video courses for aspiring animation filmmakers. And they have courses for all major animation programs like Maya, Animate CC, Toon Boom, Blender, TV Paint, and many others, as well as some non-software courses like Storyboarding Course, an Animation Foundations course, and even one about making graphic novels, which covers absolutely everything you need to know from start to finish. And their courses are all in video form, so there's no deadlines or application process. You simply just pick a course and start learning in seconds. And they even offer a free ebook titled Making an Animated Short, which covers their entire process step-by-step step of how they made one of their films, from coming up with the idea to storyboarding, animation, and all the way to exporting the film. And you can get that book for free at bloopanimation.com slash animation industry. And you can check out their complete course library at bloopanimation.com slash courses. And make sure to check the description of this video because I'll include the links there. Now back to today's episode. So like I said before, I'm chatting with Stop Motion Department, which is a Toronto-based studio founded by two stop motion creators, Philip Edels and Evan Derushi. So Philip and Evan have individually created award-winning short films, music videos, and commercials, but together they worked as character animators for broadcast series with Cup of Coffee Animation, and notably on the major motion picture, The Little Prince from 2015. Then after wrapping up on The Little Prince, they formed the idea for a functional stop motion studio here in Canada, and in 2018, October, Stop Motion Depot, Inc. was founded. And last November, they moved into a 2,000 square foot warehouse studio space with multiple shooting stages, a workshop, office, and thankfully also a bathroom. And since then, they have produced and directed five interstitials for the PBS kids show Let's Go Luna, a three-spot campaign for HSBC, and numerous other commercial spots for social media, all while ramping up their crew to begin production on a 20-minute short film in March of 2019. And so animation on that film is actually going on as we speak because the release is planned for the year 2020, and I was lucky enough to see all the cool behind-the-scenes stuff, and I wish I could talk about it, but I cannot because it's not out yet. So let's just jump into the chat. So hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. I'm actually here live in the studio, which is really cool. I've never done this before. Um, so how's everybody? Good. Hi, Terry. Hi, Terry. <laughs> Hi, Terry. <laughs> Hi, I guess. Um, <laughs> so maybe we should just go around the table and introduce ourselves as individuals instead of as a group and uh, just kind of say where you came from while you're here. Who wants to start? Phil? <laughs> uh, my name's Phil. I'm a co-owner of uh, Stop Motion Department. Uh, Depot? <gasps> what? <laughs> Jerry said we're Stop Motion Depot. So oh. that's our name now. Oh, I see, I see. Um, and... Uh, Stop Motion Department. I've worked with Evan for a long time, and uh, everything you said is true. 
I'm passing it to the next person. Me. My name is Anique. Um, I am the, the production manager here at Stop Motion Department. And I came from Ireland. Hmm. I'm sorry, I said default. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's a better name. If we thought of that back when we were coming up with names, we probably would have named it. You that. know, I think I bought Depot. Did you? Yeah, I think I well, did. Well, there you go. I think I saw a, a logo that was Depot. Wait, there's still one more person who hasn't decided to introduce himself yet. Oh, sorry. My name is Evan Durushi. Uh I'm the other co-owner of uh, Stop Motion Depot, uh, com. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I'm sort of director, animator, uh, compositor, editor, sort of whatever else uh, is happening here at the studio. Evan's introduction was better than mine. Do you want to go again? Practice. No, I don't. I just wanted to say that it was better. <laughs> well, thanks what, for joining I, me. Why, why are we doing this with the lights off? <laughs> We're currently sitting in the kitchen at a table with a red checkered tablecloth on. And uh, it's really chill. It's nice. There's a, a fridge full of soup beside me. There's frozen soup. Frozen soup. There's a microwave. They have everything here. It's, it's all you could ever want in a depot. Um, okay, so first of all, uh, from my history, like I came down to Toronto when I was like 18 and like scattered all the stop motion studios and there wasn't really much. And then kind of, it seems like stop motion in Canada has kind of taken like a dive since like the 90s, 2000s, but now it's coming on up again. So are you guys the only stop motion focus studio right now in Toronto? Probably not. No, we're no, not. Probably no. not. There's definitely not. Over the Moon. Yeah, see You on the Moon. See You on the Moon. See yeah. You on the Moon. There are two women who are sort of doing Instagram stuff. Yeah, you can look them up on online. Yeah, see you on the moon.com, I think. They're on Instagram and okay, on yeah, the internet. Certainly wouldn't say the no. There, there are definitely some other people, but the uh, the that sort of dive off that you noticed, I think, goes hand in hand with kind of like the changing advertising economy. So I think it, I think it left a lot of companies. You know, there are some that are left over, like Headgear, who do stop motion. They're not exclusively stop motion, but they do it. They survived, and a couple of other companies uh, survived. But I think it you know, caught a lot of people off guard in the sort of 2010 zone. So, so yeah, things are sort of rebuilding. So what does it look like if you take a snapshot like right now? Like is business booming? Are people getting more into it? Um, is Canada looking attractive? I think it's getting better, yeah. I think, well, there's another, um, there's another studio in Vancouver. Amanda Strong has a studio, Spotted Fawn Productions, uh, and they're in, uh, in production on, I think, some TV shows, shorts, and, and also like artistic short films. Uh, and also in Montreal, there's Salman Sajin Studio, who, um, who do sort of like uh, commercial work. Uh, and yeah, I think there's like a bunch um, sort of around. And then there's yeah. of course Sea Creature too. In mm -hmm. Oh, and Sea Creature, well, which yes, is Dale, Dale and Sylvie. Oh yeah. Both on. So and they're they stop motion people. I mean, people are sort of finding their way. Like uh, Amanda, I know is is a director filmmaker. Mm -hmm. um, uh, sea Creature does a lot of commercial stuff, and they're also filmmakers themselves. They came out with a. A film through the NFB. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's, a lot there's lots going on. So mm -hmm. yeah, so so it's building. I would say it was building, like from say 2012 or 2011 when it was like 
seem like a desert, the people who are sort of the remains of the sort of studios that used to exist uh, ha have sort of like pooled together and I guess started started doing stuff. Right. So it's after a cup of coffee. We should, we should mention that you're wearing a cup of coffee t-shirt. I'm wearing a cup of coffee t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, so cup of coffee created uh, t-shirts. T-shirts. They were a t-shirt company. They created kind of like, they had a 15 or 20 year run mm -hmm. uh, where people would come in and get trained up, I guess, in stop motion. And many of those people are now like in vital air, like they're just located throughout the different areas of the world. Well, where other stop motion studios, they've all moved basically to the United States or yeah. perhaps Bristol or something like that where stop motion is happening, but it's a very small world, so. So you guys are like exclusively stop motion full time now, right? Which I think is amazing. That's, our, mm -hmm. that's our main thing, yeah. Our main thing, we decided at the beginning we were, we were maybe gonna call ourselves animation, animation department, because when I was doing it sort of a little more solo, I just started writing animation department on everything that I owned. Just on my own. Yeah, because I would the way that I would structure uh, the way that I would structure stuff would I would go into uh, an advertising agency and they would have extremely low budgets for a commercial social media spot and I would say, okay, great, let me shoot it in your boardroom, let me shoot it in an office, let me like so I would be going down to Bay Street all the time, going into GWT and all of these different advertising agencies and. It's a nice way to work, but I mean, essentially it was a way for the uh, advertising agency, because they would have in-house directors, they would have small production teams. I would work with those production teams, and essentially the idea was it was a way for these advertising agencies to hire an animation department, so just come in with all the stuff and just make it happen. Um, but in discussion when we started the company, you know, it was pretty clear that we only wanted to do stop motion and our name needed to basically say that. Um, and that's really what we specialize in. Why not just call yourself stop motion only? Stop motion only Because it's a depot? terrible like, name, Terry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, terrible name. It's only a slightly it's worse name than our current name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell me how you actually decided to like incorporate as a, as a studio, a business. Like, Tell me the story of that because you're you're like came from animation backgrounds, you're doing work, you know, you were trying to do animation department. <laughs> so mm -hmm. how did you come together and then decide to do all this? So Phil and I were kind of working uh, exclusively in stop motion pretty much since we started working at Cup of Coffee and then post Cup of Coffee, we were kind of only doing stop motion. Uh, and I'd, I think we'd both before Cup of Coffee had like done a lot of stop motion just almost exclusively. You, you, we both went to film school before and um, we both kind Which of chose, uh, I went to Sheridan and uh, Phil went to Harvard, Harvard uh, film. Uh, and so uh, <laughs> we, we both kind of like chose to do stop motion in, in our film schools. Uh, and so, yeah, we've, we've both kind of been in it for a long time, but um, uh, kind of post cup of coffee, we were kind of the few people that uh, that stuck around Toronto and like kept trying to do stop motion work, whether it was just like small commercial gigs, like an animation gig on someone else's short film or our own short films. I made a couple uh, short films in that time um, af after that. And, uh, and yeah, and we were sort of kind of meeting up every once in a while and like talking about what we were uh, wanting to 
build in the future and what we were kind of working towards. And we were, I guess we were finding that like every job that we were doing, uh, we were working for someone who it was like their first time ever doing stop motion before. And, uh, and that's like fun for a while. You get to like teach a lot of people how to do stop motion. But at a certain point we say like, Oh, we're, we're just, we're never going to be able to get to the next level if we're like starting from scratch every single time. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, we, it was sort of like a natural evolution where we were like, we started working with each other and like we would get, um, sort of requested to, to pitch on a, on a project. And maybe if I couldn't do it, I would, I would have tell Phil about it. And, and it was, we sort of went back and forth with whoever was available. And then at a certain point, we just started like working together on projects. And then we were like, well, we can't keep running this uh, company. It's basically becoming a company without actually calling it a company. So let's just call it something. Yeah, you, you at, at a certain point, you start taking on projects where the risk of the project failing is more money than you have in your bank account. So um, <laughs> you need to insulate yourself against that risk. And so that's why you incorporate, um, essentially. I mean, yeah. Essentially, you just get a big job and you're like, I'm ruined five times over if, if this does not work. Uh, whereas before... That's a very unromantic like, way to start a business. <laughs> it's like my parents talking about getting married and they're like, well, you know, the taxes came around and uh, our human... accountant advised us that it was... <laughs> As a human male, uh, your mother and I decided it was time to have offspring. Um, it, it was like a very simple and slow build. Uh -huh. uh, certainly, the, the building of the studio was not, uh, or building of the business was not um, one where you're like, I've got this sizzling idea, let's try it out, let's put 10K in and go, go, go. It was a gradual, every step of the way was a gradual, slow build where uh we went you know it would be something as simple as like the first place it really started for me as far as working with evan is right in the early days if there was a job happening that was stop motion it was happening in toronto maybe canada you would get a phone call and i knew that i would get a phone call and i knew that evan would also get a phone call the producers were phoning us separately obviously because we were just two different people but I would phone up Evan and say, hey, I just heard about this job. I'm going to quote this. Um, and so what we started to do, that's called wage sharing. You just start like locking your rates so that you're not undercutting each other. And then that slowly builds into working together more and more until eventually, yeah, you, you, do, your, you do start a company. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. yeah, we were in cahoots, and then we were like, "There was a story. There is a story. There is a very specific story." <laughs> uh, this know. is this is us. This is around the time uh, where work is being offered, and sort of everyone's going to the United States. People are going to the United States. Evan's got an offer to go to the states, and we're hanging out and we're chatting. And this is the time when you're just coming up with your second short film. Mm. We were sharing those ideas and I was sharing some ideas about pitches with you. And um, at some point in time, I said, are you going to go? And, and Evan was just like, no, I'm not going to go to the United States. Why can't we have a stop motion studio here in Toronto? Why do we always have to like leave and go to Montreal? Why do we always have to leave and go to these? Why is it happening somewhere else? Why can't it happen here? And... Mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, the music played and I looked deep into his eyes and, <laughs> <laughs> and he was, he was, he was right. And so that sort of was a few, well, years. we'll find out. I guess. That was a few years precursor. Yeah. We'll find, we'll out. find out. So you were, you were traveling to other studio spaces to use their equipment then? No, generally. Oh, well, sometimes. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, traveling to different like temporary spaces. It'd be yeah. like different shooting. They mean sound stages, uh, yeah. mostly sort of sound stages and, we were like accumulating all the gear that you need to shoot stop motion and it would just like sit in our small apartments and then we would like rent a van and like drive it to my house and load it up and then drive it to Phil's house and load, <laughs> load it up. Yeah, and then... normal film production would be like loadout day, uh, rent anything extra. At that point in time before we started the company, we'd accrued like, I don't know how much, I was thinking about it the other day, probably around seventeen or sort of $20,000 worth of equipment just like lights and just all the crap that you possibly would need um and the reason that we did that is so that we could charge we could collect on the rental fee you know just just really simple stuff like that like because the budgets were so small the budgets were so small so originally the only reason that we could survive to make stop motion was because there wasn't an extra director and all of this extra staff it was like kind of a one man or a two man sort of show and you have to collect on the labor percentages of the budget and if you collect on all of those different areas you're actually able to it's actually worth like one or two people's time as soon as you start having four people working on on it it no longer becomes like viable budgets are just not there were you working extra jobs to pick up some slack at some point? You just always did stop motion experience? Always did, and did well. Like, it was yeah. not bad. Yeah. So what, what was the hardest part of getting to, like, right now? Because it seems like you've reached, like, you, you mentioned a lot of things that sound kind of, like, in turmoil, like, you know, collecting, like, percentage points on, on rental fees and stuff. But it seems to me, like, you've got a studio now, you've got, like, six spaces, you've got all this equipment here, you've got, like, a production room. Mm-hmm. I was um, almost like got a great in, kitchen. Yeah, in retrospect, it seems like we we're in, we're in this the spot we planned on being, but I, I don't think it quite worked out like that. Yeah, I, mean, I kind of like always enjoyed it. So, but what was like yeah. the, was there ever a moment where you're like, ah, I don't know if this is gonna work out? Yeah, like, what was the hardest thing we got through to get to this point? Commercials have always been kind of there, and there's always been kind of enough commercials to make a living off of as a pass through. As a just as an individual, yeah. um, and I started off early on doing commercials in like two thousand and nine or ten or something. That was when I first got sort of involved with that whole world. So that has always been kind of there. Um, what's the hardest part? I mean, we, we were saying before that it, it really it's like starting the business, like getting getting up to this point of like having a space and like st- starting ourselves as a business. This has been difficult uh, for me, for sure, that, uh, you know, I really like animating and making films and, and doing all the, all the animation parts of, of stop motion, but the, but the actual running a business, the accounting, the bookkeeping, the, the sort of business planning and all of the insurance, uh, you know, everything Projecting else. Projecting forward in Yeah, time. exactly. Um, so that's, that's something that we've just had to, like, learn on the fly. And we've had it, a lot of help from Monique. Uh, in that way <laughs> um, to uh, yeah yeah just, just to sort of take a load off of, of us when we're like working on projects um, and I love us yeah <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> well, yes uh, so yeah I th- for me that's the hardest part just like 
that's I didn't I didn't plan on like I didn't like make a a plan when I was younger to like own a business when I was older you know uh, I I wanted to just do animation so we found out that we have to own a business in order in order to keep doing this but um, we're kind of it's like the taking homework. it in stride the yeah, it's the is, homework yeah. the hardest part is the homework and I suppose the hardest part now is uh, when your attention gets split when you're working on different things you never I was mentioning this earlier you just never feel satisfied that you've done you know when you do one thing and you follow it through to the end that's like in a day that's a good day but if you do like three things it's like it's not just always go home feeling unsatisfied <laughs> do you hope to reach a point where you can just animate 100 percent and then sweet yeah that's where we're at right now that's, yeah yeah i mean kind of Anique, yeah. Anique takes care of a lot of that sweat that's the most important thing is to have somebody who's like a being planning the business because you can know i remember we were doing it like a year ago or more trying to produce and animate and stuff like that and it's like it is and bid on a project God, and it so sucks you can do it but it sucks it's like cramming for like your thesis project or something like that it's like it sucks it's just hard work you mentioned before that there's like always commercial work um, but then you also mentioned that it's really like the budgets are really tight. Mm -hmm. can, does that mean there's a maybe a cap of how many people can specifically in stop motion get into? Yeah, I mean, I think the market here? right now, as far as studios go, is probably saturated. So like maybe two more people can. I can don't use. even think two. I don't even think two more people. One more person, no, please. No, no, it's, it's not. It's not. I think this is. <laughs> if, if, my my feeling about how the market is is that it would be. Um, there are a lot of people out there that don't know that they can do stop motion. And there's a lot of advertising agencies and writers and people like that who just don't know that they can do stop motion. And as soon as they find you as a producer who can do stop motion, they start every problem now, they're a hammer and every problem now, every solution is stop motion. Okay. So that's essentially what you're developing. Like this is a sort of like an unknown technology to people or something like that, or it's something that happens far, far away, or it's something that happens far, far away and it costs a lot of money and so this doesn't happen in Canada. Mm -hmm. If you can take their budgets and you can make it profitable and pay yourself and do those things, boom, they can have it. So I think a lot of the times it's really about just having those connections and building those relationships specifically with producers in advertising agencies who are able to, um, you know, uh, now understand that so many of the times when we were doing, I feel like I'm talking too much. So <laughs> Stop talking. cut that out. Stop talking, though. Um, so um, yeah. can I just essentially uh, go and knock on some agency downtown's door and say, hey, like, you know, I have some stop motion skills. If you ever mm -hmm. need a stop motion person, like, let me know. Yeah. Like, is that how you're getting client work? You no. Um, <laughs> well, it's well, kind generally of, yeah. how it generally how it works is. <laughs> this. Oh no, I'm not going to say that because I don't. I don't know the right one from the wrong one. So. <laughs> Anik's making a hand gesture. <laughs> no. Uh, no. Is this not on video? No. This is an audio thing, so we have to now. Well, that's why take I did it silently. Right. <laughs> All right. Let's take a moment. What Evan is pressing his hands. No, Anika was pressing her hands because we were. Uh, who was it that it's, was it was telling you about it? 
it's Phil's fault. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, oh, oh, to get work, you have to get out there and what is it, press flesh? No, it's not press flesh. <laughs> That's the wrong this one. Is, this is an array of wrong terminology we have for making connections with other people. What you have to get out there and shake hands, but there's like yeah. this like oh, other way of saying it. Press palms, like... shake hands, squeeze flesh is the wrong one. Squeeze flesh. <laughs> Which may have come up accidentally. Can you imagine like offering a squeeze flesh instead of a handshake? A yeah, squeeze flesh. my flesh. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's a slow build. Yeah. We, oh, we yeah. started with, I or I started with uh, getting into uh, very traditional, old-fashioned, uh, representation mm -hmm. and so those put you in contact with producers those producers know other producers and so it's kind of through the grapevine hmm. um, and yeah you, you can go around to different agencies and, and, and sort of talk to them and let them know that you exist that is one way of doing it I think that would totally work yeah okay. I think that's possible Sweet. so how do you get client work now if you're uh, like you said you do traditional things um, a lot of it comes from our previous uh, connections, um, uh, agencies that we'd worked with before, directors that we'd worked with before, like when we were just an animator for hire or we were just sort of in there for production and now they're calling us up and we have a production company and sort of we're able to take on bigger jobs. Uh, some of it comes from um, sort of connections that we've made through like the, the one job that we did for uh, this interstitials for uh, Let's Go Luna on PBS. Um, they came in through a short film that I made, Birdlime, that played at the Ottawa Animation Festival. And the creator of the, um, of the show uh, contacted the Ottawa Animation Festival because they were like a, a hub of animation in Canada and, uh, and asked for like names of uh, directors and animators. So, um, so that was like, that was a, a connection there. So there was like, there's ways of, of sort of bringing work through like short content stuff that we have online sometimes some people just find us online we're on google now yeah. so it's yeah. been very it's, it's been very organic it's like you, you just try and keep making stuff and and in making stuff you meet people and those people get older and they get into more senior positions at the companies so a junior budget they're no longer doing junior budgets they're doing bigger budgets now mm -hmm. and so that's kind of how that you just kind of meet people and you stick at it and eventually it works out. So you, do you have like a constant stream of, of requests every once in a while that is enough to keep you going project-wise? Like there's no downtime right now? Luckily, knock on wood, yeah. knock on wood, yeah. I mean, a number of our projects have been very long-term, so like that like constant stream has like kept us going, but we have like long projects that are sort of keeping us going uh, for a while in between while we're like setting up the next thing so so what, what happens if somebody reaches out to you with a cool project but your space is taken up and you can't work on it you, do you like say like get in touch with me in six months or do they go somewhere else a little bit sometimes we but like to turn people away we try not to, yeah figure out solutions mm -hmm. give other people work that we like ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we try and pass it on that was a that was a big reason for setting up the space here is we found that we were able to between the two of us, we were able to like keep work going, but like we ran, uh, we ran into a wall when we sort of got two things at once. It's like you need a lot of space to be able to do that. But now we have a bit more space in our studio where we're able to do like I think a couple months ago we had like three projects shooting at the same time. Um, we're or, looking or to of, expand too and crew up. So if mm -hmm. 
more projects come in, we will try to make it work mm -hmm. in some way. And like when we look at larger projects we take on, we start looking for larger spaces and more staff and we're always willing to just expand as needed. Be because yeah, the, the work that comes in, sometimes it comes in all at once. And so you have to kind of be ready to absorb. We so have to be sponges, how, flexible sponges. How easily can you expand right now? Well, easy. With easy. A talk to our attitude. landlord and <laughs> knock down a few walls. We're uh, now we've 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 like uh, ex we've been talking about um, uh, oh the idea of expanding at some point. And, yeah, we're and, like uh, moving yeah. to a place that's twice as big or something like that. It's all based on the work that we have. So like the the space that we're in right now, we have because we knew that we had a long term project. This this short film that we're shooting right now. Um, we knew that we'd be in here for a year and so we, we and we needed a certain amount of space and so we found a space that was a little bit bigger than what we needed so that we could take on other work at the same time. Yeah, we so, literally knew yeah. that we needed three stages mm -hmm. to shoot the current uh, project and we wanted one other stage of a certain size to shoot commercials and that's kind of been the case. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, that's kind of been the case. If something got bigger that was a commercial or you need client services, uh, you need a really nice slick spot, or you're shooting a car commercial, you need video village and catering and all that sort of stuff. We would go to a nice shiny high-end photo studio that we've done before um, and provide that stuff. Our but place yeah, is not shiny It's all. It's three, you get three choices to expand. Either you can do it, or there's enough money in the budget of the proposed project to do it, or if you can't do it, then you pass it forward to someone, someone else in the community, essentially. And there's a lot of that. A lot of there's a lot of sharing. I mean, a lot of the opportunities that I got, you know, working on, say, uh, the Little Prince. That was Dale Hayward and Sylvie suggested me to do that, and then they and were you suggested for, me. I suggested Evan, and so the sort of it, the community is very very small. Um, so I think in general, you try to be. You try to share it around a bit. At least price sharing. You want to share price sharing is very important, I think, so that people people aren't getting ripped off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, so you you've done a ton of projects. Can you take me through kind of the process of the whole pitch experience to landing it, to working on it, to you know editing, delivering revisions? Like, how do you guys work? We were thinking about this question. Yeah. And we felt like it boiled down to the most interesting aspect of, or the most uh, important aspect of the process, is the animatic. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, we can talk a bit about the animatic. Yeah. Sure, yeah. So that's that's kind of like the the keystone of the whole um, of the whole process. Uh, with the, it's the kind of the thing that we have to talk through with a, a new client is sort of like our approach to making animation, and it's really all boils down to the animatic. It's just making putting all the ideas into some drawn storyboard form and getting some sound in there if there's music um, that the client wants uh, to be in there uh, that we get the actual music that they're going to be using uh, to be in the animatic so we can sort of cut it and, and time it well and and make the the animation work with it but um yeah it's it's really sort of like when a new client comes in we're pitching ideas we'll sort of like put some maybe look frames together or, or find some like reference for, for what the project is going to look like. But then once we actually sort of get into 
um, nailing down the, the idea, then we really just like spent a lot of time on the animatic and spent a lot of time like really enforcing that like buy-in from the from the agency on the, the animatic that everybody's happy with it and, and it's like working on all the levels that, that um, they want it to work on. And then after that point, it's just kind of like filling in the blanks of like each of the shots of the animatic and making it work. But we try not to leave too, too much. And that's what we found from like doing stop motion for so long. It's like, it's something that like, if you really don't put the work in at the start, uh, you just end up on the shoot day, like, you know, trying to come up with new ideas or questioning your old ideas and, and, uh, and sort of losing a lot of time like that. Um, during the shoot, so uh, a prime yeah. prime example of that is you know if you're doing say a short that's a comedy, uh, you're putting together an animatic for it. You have the audio, everything's there. If people are not laughing at your animatic, if they are not laughing at your animatic, there is like really no such thing as animated funnier. No, like. That's been said. We've had that yelled at us. <laughs> and so, you know, you can see what's kind of problematic there. The horse's legs are broken. It's not going to run any faster. It needs to have non-broken legs. It needs to be a non-broken leg horse to, uh -huh. to win this race. So the animatic is the cheapest time, the most flexible time. Anything you want, you can draw. You know, all of your ideas can happen or not happen. They can change. It's the most flexible time for you to create what it is you want to create. And if it doesn't feel whatever, I don't know, like in a commercial sense, sometimes they say, what was the word? What was the word? What is it called? Premium. If it doesn't feel premium, <laughs> in, the, if it doesn't feel premium in the previs, you know, it's not going to feel premium in the... In the final. You can't yeah. animate more premium, I guess. You can't <laughs> animate more premium. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so do you go, do you ever uh, edit what you're working on stop motion wise after the animatic is signed off on then. So how long does an animatic take, like a good animatic to put together, like a week, a year? Yeah, it depends on the project, I suppose, yeah. If it's uh, just actually, like a short. Actually, kind of correct. A year and one week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were very close. You are very close yeah. with that, yeah. It depends on the project. It depends on the, dis the, the length, the complexity, all of these sorts of things. But yeah, like a week is, is a sort of a substantial amount of time for something like uh, I'm thinking like a P like the PBS like, 90 seconds sure yeah yeah about a week yeah. we've also found some superhero storyboard artists that can oh nice work so you, very you, quickly. you like outsource mm -hmm. that or bring in people for that too yep oh, it depends on the project too some it does sometimes we do our own but yeah on certain projects we yeah we'll get kind of an outside voice in to just do a bunch of thumbnails uh, you know work with us as directors to like sort of help guide we'll come up with ideas together and then they'll kind of draw the boards out phil and i don't come from like a a sort of artistic uh art fundamental background so. i do oh I you do, do. Yeah. oh speak for yourself huge into life drawing huge into life drawing <laughs> really yeah into life drawing yeah oh are you drawing i keep someday? drawing um <laughs> i keep sending you i'm the person who's sending you new Drawings of myself. He's been doing one right now. You know? <laughs> you're just, just tracing the outside of my hand. That's a light drawing. Um, so you, you okay? So you you have the proposal. You do an animatic. You bring in like storyboarder. Maybe you purchase music, or that you have to get the rights, or whatever. Then you animate. Like, can you break down kind of the budget of where that kind of flows to? Because it sounds like there's a lot of parts involved in here. 
yeah, I, uh, I don't know how much we can get into <laughs> that we write down. <laughs> <Joke break. laughs> um, no, because the question wasn't asked the same way, so the joke just... Can you please, oh, no. can you please okay. re-ask that question Sorry, exactly I, as I, it was yeah, written? I them some questions I might ask them ahead of time. And it sounds like they okay. sat down at what, lunch. What does a budget breakdown <laughs> no, look no. like? But I don't feel funny anymore. Ah, uh, you burned it. No, it is not premium. You burned it. It wasn't a premium. <laughs> We're not going to make this a premium answer. Tell it anyways. Come on, you opened up that loop. What does a budget um, breakdown look like? <laughs> It's, uh, it's a spreadsheet. Yeah, it's a, kind of a spreadsheet. It looks like a spreadsheet. Wait, is this your joke? It's got numbers beside yeah. it. Oh, and it's such those, a bad joke. Beside those are words. They tell you what the numbers are. That's it's, oh, but so no, bad. I mean, <laughs> yeah. We owe you a real answer now. You can for that. like sitting through. <laughs> you don't have to. Our terrible joke. I think no budget breakdown is. Specifically yeah. for maybe what's the hardest part of the budget breakdown? Like, like because you have to estimate the time yeah. and all this other stuff. There. Okay, there's a real answer. Yeah. Accurately estimating it, and we have to be so aware of what truly happened in previous projects, keeping track of the real numbers to be able to project real numbers the next time, and looking at what happened that we didn't expect, natural human situations that occur, and making sure we build in a little bit of a buffer so we know that we've got it covered if yeah. something unexpected goes wrong. So planning for reality and planning for the unexpected. So it sounds like the biggest fear is maybe undercutting how long or complex something will take and then you mm. run out of money, right? Well, yeah, that will increase your stress and increase your problems. Mm -hmm. So does this mean you have like a standard kind of rate for everything you used to estimate and then you like slap on, I don't know, some, some like guesses on the end and then Oh, we well, do I think slapping. <laughs> I th yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Flesh pressing? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just... Placing. <laughs> we place. Place a door. <laughs> when, when, if you're making guesses, it's not off the top of your head. It has to come from looking at, okay, we did those shots last week. We said it was going to take three days. It took five. Why did it take five days? And great, like analyzing the the processes we went through and making real decisions based on that. Gotcha. One, one of the things like Phil and I have, you know, from working in stop motion for a long time, we're used to working on a, a variety of different scales of production, but there's like some things that all of them have in common. And one of those is that you're always behind schedule, over budget, like it is, it is uh, so, so par for the course for a stop motion production to be like behind and, and broke um, that, uh, that, that we, you know, we sort of like make it our mission to try and figure out like why that happens and to come up with uh, a way of avoiding it. So I think a big part of it is like being realistic about how long the animation takes. I think there's like, there are some like elastic parts of the budget, and when you're sort of trying to, trying to squish your your uh, idea into the into the money that you have, the animation seconds per day, you know, you st you start saying, well, you know, maybe we could just do 20 seconds in a day or something like that. There's like areas that you sort of like, oh, we'll figure that out later. And coming from as stop motion animators ourselves, we know that that's just like not possible or it'll have like a, a huge effect on the quality of the piece. And so we, we try to 
be as realistic as possible when it comes to um, the animation side of things. Yeah, so that's like a, like a big chunk of knowledge that we're constantly trying to improve on so that we can accurately reflect. And it, it, it doesn't just reflect budget, it also reflects the hours that you work too. Mm. Um, so coming up to a project that's like a 20, we have to produce 20 minutes of footage, we all want it to be, we want all the footage to have a consistent look to it, it has to be high quality. Uh, when you approach a project like that, unlike a commercial which may, ha may shoot for 14 or 10 days, um, you now have months to go, you have a year of animating to go. So you have to make sure that your estimates are correct and accurate so that you're not working beyond banker's hours, 9 to 6 p.m. Uh, on a commercial, you might be able to work for 24 hours or you know, just a huge amount of time. A sprint. But you should. A sprint. But, but you, you should. should. No, that no. means that something has gone wrong. <laughs> and if something goes wrong on commercials like that, and like knock on wood, we've been lucky, but in the past, it's beneficial to look at, like in the cold light of day, why, why, did, the, why did this happen? Like, what, why was I working for 16 hours or 18 hours on this thing? Um, Mm -hmm. You just can't. You just can't be doing that all the time. Not if you keep the. Not if you want to keep your work at a good, good quality. Yeah. yeah, it's just a way of like absorbing inaccuracies in your budget and schedule from you know trying to fix a problem later on by just like staying all night. But um, we we've kind of made it a mission of ours, just in, in like the culture of our of our workplace here to avoid sort of having that option and, and keeping very regular hours is, is, is something that's important to us and the people that work here. So um, yeah, it's, it's something that we've tried to enforce to like keep ourselves, find other ways to, um, to, uh, to fix our budget problems. And also like Evan was saying, it's one of, like early on when we were starting, it was like, if we start bidding projects this way, and if we start thinking about projects like, at, and, and you say, this this one just this one is we're gonna it's gonna be a crazy project it's gonna take up all our time we're gonna be around the clock working on it that's how you're gonna do things forever mm -hmm. so you better start doing it properly now and and I think the biggest effect it, it the uh, to sum it all up is the quality can get high the the quality of what you're doing can get higher if you're not working all of these unbelievable you're not doing superhero power lifts. All the time, you know. Do you would you say you were ever scared of not being able to finish or live up to the expectations of a project because um, you weren't going crazy hours? Because I, I think it's easy, at least in my mind, I can think it's easy to get carried away and just work like all night on something. Be like, oh my gosh, it's due tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. um, is that a fear that you've ever had to come across? Because I also feel like it takes a lot of discipline to do what you're doing, which I think is actually great for. Yeah, the I think at the beginning that describes kind of how you would start. Mm -hmm. You need to have that crazy energy to like climb the mountain or something like that, right? We've, but at some point in time, yeah. you gotta like count your oxygen bottles, and, <laughs> and, and we got and, dead, we got broken horse legs, broken we got horse oxygen legs, bottles, oxygen yeah. bottles, Mount Everest. <laughs> um, we've we've both like burned through a bunch of oxygen like in our careers already. Yeah, like we've been that. stuck on the mountain without yeah. any oxygen. So you, you like you're not gonna make it to your nineties, is what you're saying. Yeah. We're, we we won't make it. We'll make it to the top of the mountain. We just won't make it down. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> we got no plan. I'm uh, I'm, I'm ripping off my oxygen mask and lying in the sun until 
The sweet darkness of death takes me while I look at the sunrise. Right. <laughs> uh, well, uh, maybe we should make this podcast a little bit lighthearted from here on, <laughs> asking intense questions about business and stuff. Um, why don't we do something easy? Like, what was your favorite project to work on so far as a studio? Oh, yeah. Um, well, yeah, for me, well, there's, yeah, a couple. We're doing a lot of fun stuff this year like this we're we're very lucky to be working on a, a bunch of stuff um that we're excited about like the recently we did these these uh, interstitials for uh, let's go luna it's a show it's on pbs kids um the it's like a 2d show uh the production is being done at um nine story oh no brown bag and um and uh and it's like a 2d show and they're like traveling around the world and then like Every episode, there's an interstitial, which is just like 90 seconds of a story from the country that the characters are in that week. Um, and, uh, and the interstitials are done in different styles. So uh, we got contacted to do uh, two at, at the beginning, and, and we've done five uh, since we started, and, and, and sort of uh, ho hoping to do more of them. They're really fun projects to, uh, to do. It's where we get kind of uh, the voice record. It's like a kid telling the story. He's like, hey, this week we're uh, in uh, France. So uh, here's a story from France. Uh, and so it's like 90 seconds of the kid uh, telling this story. And uh, we get that audio. And then we kind of handle all of the de character design, the animatic, the, the animation, uh, all of the aspects of production. Uh, or of the visual production, and then we deliver it to uh, Brown Bag, and they do the the post sound on it, and uh, and then it's finished. Um, it goes into the show. It's like a really fun uh, stories to work on because they can kind of be different styles. We've done some kind of top down style of character animation on on sort of multiplane glass, and then we've also done some like full puppet animation in, in sets. And they're like, you can just experiment with like a fun character design and get some like some jokes in there, and they're they're kind of fun. It's to also do. kind of like more along. It's it, that particular project is more in line with the sort of short films and stories that we are interested in telling in the way that we're interested in telling them. So um, for me, you know, puppets that are sort of quickly built that get to the point, I'm really interested in, and and so that that one sort of touches on the most most points but and and like oh, just like thinking of my favorite parts of it, it it's like uh working with the creators of the show peter hannon who who oversees the the um uh, interstitials they just like get ideas they've been he's been working in animation for a long time him and joe murray uh, joe murray created the created the show uh, let's go luna and um yeah, they just like have fun with animation, and they've got great ideas of like ways to improve it when we send them animatics, and like um, yeah, so it's just like a really good relationship with them where they they like get our sense of humor, and they're they're like sort of with us, and we can kind of go crazy with them. A it's little the bit. client, right? Like mm. the thing that makes it good is obviously the style of work, but also the client is really good. Um, it's the same with commercials that are good. You sometimes will find a good. Uh, writer or a good director attached to that the agency and it's just like they get it you're on the same page it's like working you're working in a collaborative team forget the money in the titles you're working in a collaborative team and what makes somebody a good team member um, those are kind of my favorite favorite projects when somebody gets something that you get and you can both get excited then so it's totally worthwhile so even if it's a cool project but you didn't 
mesh with the team, it would be as fun. Usually those are the most painful. The, gotcha. Those are the ones that can become quite painful. Yeah, yeah. this could be so fun. <laughs> this could be really fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that sort of describes a lot of like, sort of starting out and working um, and how we're trying to build the studio is just that, that, that thing that you said, Evan, which is like being in the position where you're like, oh, this could be so much more fun or this could be done so much less um, in a broke, like this could be done in a much more efficient way or uh, a way that like communicates better or you can just see like when you work on commercials in different places right at the very beginning, how things were being done in this like really broken sort of way. And so, you know, mm. One that was years ago, though. Everyone we work with now is is uh, I never a beautiful we've taken, angel. We've, we've actually t taken measures to make sure that we just don't don't like land. Do you in. have a metaphor for that? Do you think you can? <laughs> <laughs> what are you writing? I'm just trying to think oh. up an anagram. <laughs> Taking measures Take to make sure we don't end up in the shit or something like that. Tiramisu. Oh, Tiramisu. no swearing on this podcast. You can swear. Okay. Don't swear. That was my okay. last one. That was your last for the entire time. We should we should also maybe <laughs> mention this uh, short film that we're doing because the the um, let's go Luna shorts are really fun uh, to do, but the but. Kind of where where my heart is and is, is in working in like uh, short form artistic films and uh, we're making one of those right now we can't give too many details about it uh, but uh, uh, it's a 20 minute long film and it's being directed by a director who's uh, not at the studio every day so they've kind of been involved in in the creation of it and and they're sort of seeing the progress along the way um, but it's it's a kind of full puppet uh, animation uh, in a very sort of uh, realistic uh, documentary style uh, shooting and, um, and and lighting and, and everything so that it's it's uh, really like a very meaty project to get to um, dig into and uh, you get and to sort have of work time on our, for yeah. doing R&D and different types of lighting effects and different types of cameras and you know pretty much anything we can think of that was like a technically fun way to pull more out of the story we've been able to do, building like kinetic things that move stuff and like mm -hmm. just like all of that R&D stuff that you can you can get into in stop motion, the engineering of it. Uh, we've had time for that on this one and that, that's what's really set this project apart. It's just like, great, I'm gonna spend a week building out tiny little motion control camera rigs and figuring out how to fit this thing to that thing and then like, does it work? It does work, great. Or like, I need a few extra days. Mm -hmm. That is, that has been fun. Up until now, everything we've done has always been, except for your short films, mm -hmm. everything has always been to a certain extent uh, running. You, you have always, it always feels like there's a little bit less time than you would, you would mm -hmm. hope for. Gotcha, cool. Mm -hmm. So where do you, you mentioned some projects you've worked on over the last year or so. Where do you want to take this studio, you mentioned you want to do short films a lot more. Like, what is the dream for you guys with what you're doing right now? Because you said you kind of stumbled into making a business studio, mm -hmm. and where do you want to take that? Um, I think that the studio, the where the studio would be in like sort of, sort of a while from now would be, you know, uh, self-sustaining, having a staff of like sort of. Five to thirty people constantly working. 
that so that would be and and, and yeah. in having that then you can do the things that you that you want to do so you know you need the work to to to, to get there so this tv show tv show would do yeah. that serialized comedy a serialized comedy tv show that's what i would like to do ideally at the end of the day i would like to be working in a studio where there was commercials being shot in one area by another director and another team and i get to work with a team on serialized comedy shorts Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um evan has interests as well (laughs) <laughs> Evan, I'm sure probably Evan, uh, Evan has his own He's not a computer, motivation. apparently he dreams. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think, I think some sort of TV show uh, working in this space, it really changed like when Phil and I were working together uh, in like our own small spaces or in like one small little space as soon as we got like a few people in working with us on a project it suddenly it just became like oh this is why i really love doing this because like it's fun to make animation and like be alone for a few hours in a dark room and, and come out with some animation uh afterwards but um but it's really like coming in to a workplace and like uh working with amazing people that have all different skills and uh and sort of problem solving together and everything i it's that team environment that really makes it worth it for me so i in my like dream studio it's like yeah we're we have a project it's like a tv show or something kind of long term where we're kind of like getting comfortable with each other uh and uh and making some fun stuff and solving problems and yeah just just that sort of like team environment i think it's that's Kind of why I love stop motion. How far do you think you are from realizing that to some extent? Um, I can make predictions. But <laughs> How far are we? Um, it's. I think we're kind of growing slowly. I think we we had with, on this project here. We're like a smaller team right now, but we were we were bigger at, at a certain point when we when the puppets were being built and when the sets were being built uh, all in house. Um, there were maybe 10 or 15 people here at a time. And, um, and so I think, you know, we're, we're sort of working to set up uh, projects uh, to happen after this. And, and we're sort of working slowly to, uh, to build ourselves. We don't want to grow too fast. So we're trying to, like, pick our opportunities that, uh, as they come up. Gotcha. You mentioned the team thing and building a team. And I know you have an internship program. Do you yeah. want to talk about that at all? Sure. Yeah. What is it for? What do they do? Who does it? I don't know. Oh, man. Well, I mean, uh, Phil, do you want to take this one? Yeah, sure. Um, What to say about the internship program? The internship program for us is a way of finding people who love stop motion. That's, we're a stop motion studio, and there are people out there who love stop motion and want to do stop motion. Those are the people that we want to meet and work with and, like, share our knowledge with. So the internship program is really a way for us to give give people our information, our knowledge, and, and, and the way that we have. Like, stop motion itself is a very much like an apprenticeship type of, um, mm-hmm. uh, 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 what do you call it, like a profession, or it's mm-hmm. not a profession, but like a... You have to you have to at some point in time apprentice under somebody whether to like learn how to animate craft. or it's a craft yeah mm-hmm. so you have to you have to be an apprentice and so it's kind of an apprenticeship program uh, the way that we sort of sum it up for ourselves is it's the type of a uh, uh, 
internship that we would have liked to have had. Um, and so we know that people are coming in and they may specialize. Some people are only interested in building art. Some people are interested in animation. Some people are interested in, in cameras. We want to make sure that they don't just get stuck in only whatever, snipping foam or painting backdrops or getting coffee, that sort of thing. When somebody's interning with us, we make sure that they are like, they get time on the computer, check out the compositing, learn a little bit about the compositing, animation, we make sure that they have time behind the deck. Like, like you know, it's usually been a couple of weeks of just like behind the deck doing doing a particular series of exercises that, that we found to be very useful, mm -hmm. right? going from simple to more and more complex. The animator, the intern will come in and animate those things and then it's sort of the end of the day, we'll confer with Evan and I about like, you know, how things are going. And then visit kind of each department as well, um, whether puppets or art or whatever it is and, and sort of round it out. And it's been nice because a lot of the stuff that the interns have been able to do is if they are more interested in a compositing side of thing or they are gonna do something in their sort of short film that's coming up or something like that, we can kind of be like, oh great, well then, you know, stay there and. Mm -hmm. and learn those sorts of things. But really, we wanted to offer an internship that uh, is the type of internship that we we wanted to have, I guess. Like, I would have loved to have had an internship like the, like, I, people yeah, are having exactly. now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we kind of discovered early on that we have to really play a role in, like, helping to grow the, the future uh, stop-motion uh, people with skills. Um, it's, it's really, you know, the uh, students will uh, study stop motion at Sheridan and they'll sort of do a little bit of animation practice and they'll work maybe in a group film and, uh, and make a thesis film, but like uh, the, they don't, um, th th there's still a lot of skills to sort of build up to, to work, uh, work professionally. So um, we try and play a role like that. There's not, you know, before there was a cup of coffee and there would, there would be a lot of people coming in there all the time and, and building up, up their skills, but there just doesn't, that doesn't exist now. So like, um, where, where do people learn how, uh, learn these skills? It's, uh, it's either here or, you know, on your own in, in your, uh, in your basement or something like that. Um, so somebody like could potentially mm -hmm. come in, do the internship, which lasts however long it lasts and then three months, three maybe. months and then come out and be like a pretty skillful, uh, like, we try, more, more yeah, skill. we try, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, one of our first uh, interns, Hazal, uh, she came from OCAD, and uh, she spent uh, summer with us, um, and she was like mostly working in the art department because that's kind of the skills that we needed at the time. We needed some some help in that area, and uh, she did like a, a short internship with us uh, doing that, and then at the end, she was like. Uh, you know, that was fun, but I really think I want to be animating. And then uh, we sort of invited her back and we did a little bit more sort of like in, uh, intensive on like animation and doing those sort of rehearsal and, and different uh, uh, exercises to get better at animation. And now she's wor she's working right now on our short film um, as, as one of the two animators that are that are hired on. So, um, yeah, I think I think there's like room for, for people that are like really into it and like really want to pursue stop motion we want to sort of 
be there and like be as like open to that as possible yeah like we were if you if there's somebody out there that's interested in stop motion and wants to like say be an animator or something mm -hmm. like that we want to teach them how to animate gotcha. the the advantage to us is that now we have somebody who's an animator who we can hire and work with also you know a certain portion of this is there's a you know we're in we're in stop motion um not because it's practical, it's, it's, it's because it, I call it a juggling circus. It's like you gotta love to do it. And if you find somebody else that loves to do this like weird thing that you like to do, for some reason you're kind of weird kindred spirits. So like a circus with only jugglers? Yeah, like a juggling yeah. clown circus. Like it's a traveling circus. But just jugglers. And you're not gonna see any elephants. There's no popcorn being sold. You, you come in and there's 152 clowns and they're all juggling for two and a half hours and you're not allowed to leave. It sounds horrible. Like a nightmare. You're, you're well, not going to intern at my juggling clown circus, you know? That's... <laughs> but only people the right that makes sense would. to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it was coming to watch. <laughs> In terms only. Other clowns. Other clowns. <laughs> very terrifying. <laughs> um, okay, well, I was going to ask what your advice is to, like, for somebody who's interested in getting into stop motion, especially if they're in Ontario or Toronto, I'm thinking back to like myself when I was like doing little films on my dresser and then mm -hmm. came out of the big wide world in 2007 when there was nothing going on and I was like, crap. So what would your, your advice be for somebody looking to get into stop motion now who maybe doesn't have the opportunity to do an internship or maybe yeah. does? Depends what they want to do. Like if they want to animate, that's a different route than if they want to direct stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, mostly it's you have to make this stuff yourself. There's a ton of information online. Stop motion attracts people who are like into sort of controlling their world and and, and it, it's it, it is sure. well. I mean, animation is it can be kind of like that too. Is like that too. Um, but it is something that you can do by yourself, and so it all it starts at home in your bedroom, in your apartment, whatever. You have to have an interest in it. Yeah, you find have a, to seek it yeah, out. Yeah, find a way to make stop motion in some way. It doesn't have to look super professional, uh, you know. But just find some kind of way to to practice, to like make your own things at home. Yeah, you, there are like so many tools out there. There's like, I mean, in Toronto, I'll, I should make a put a shout out for the Toronto Animated Image Society. Um, uh, Teus is a production center in Toronto that like you can rent space for fairly cheap um, and uh, it's like production space that has like equipment that you can that it sort of comes with the space as well so you can kind of get in the door you can have this like space that's dedicated to stop motion and they have like rates that work for uh, for long term if you if you have a six-month project it makes a lot more sense than like you know, renting a, your own space from a landlord or something like that. Uh, and Teus has like a community of, of uh, animators that are also there in the same space working on their own stuff. I so. suppose next mm -hmm. steps would be like after you've been working by yourself in your room and you have something and you have like a film that you want to make, I would say uh, Teus has been a really big thing because they have sort of professional shooting stages, they have people there. So that, that would be something that, like, if you wanted to, like, level it up, going into a space like that with other animators, with people who can, like, look at your work and 
you know, be aware of it and like you, you become like the, this sort of like social thing starts happening, um, that would propel you to sort of the next area because you're just meeting people and people are seeing your work and they know people and mm-hmm. I mean. And there's workshops. And there's a and lot there's of workshops, workshops to like yeah. learn uh, puppet building uh, or animation. Phil was or my animation. teacher in a puppet building workshop. Oh, oh was. that's how we met Anik oh, actually through Teus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, that's at T A I S dot C A. Sponsored by. Sponsored by. No, but, I, yeah. but places. <laughs> I mean, places like Teus, places like Quick Draw. I forget the one down in New York City. Um, that there, there are these community government or I don't know if it's government but they're certainly in the United States I don't know, don't know if it's government but there are these community animation places and if you're a teenager or something like that and you are making stop motion I didn't know about them at the time if I did you know I would have totally gone for it but it, it just gives you access it just you have to collect so much equipment you yeah. to, to make stuff happen you have to you know get an SLR and do all of this stuff you go into one of these spaces like Teus, it's all it's all there. Like the lights are going to work for stop motion because they were bought for mm-hmm. working with stop motion. There's motion control equipment, everything is black and draped. It's like I don't know, for some reason that would just if you're making a film, that for me that would be the that would be the place to go. So those places that those that's really the place to start. Nice. Okay. So like do stuff on your own, figure out if you like it at home. Then to up your game, find out if there's like a community space that you can rent for cheap where they have other artists and equipment and stuff. Yeah, and mm-hmm. even if you can't shoot there necessarily, go to, go to their like, you know, they have like artist talks. Maybe there's an artist that you're interested in. Go and meet people, go and talk to people, connect with people. You're going to find somebody who's doing something that you like, who's also your age or a little bit of whatever. And and I mean, that's really how, how it spreads, right? Yeah. I think what we're talking about here is like, the thing that we like about the studio is the social environment. Yeah. And stop motion can so easily be an isolated sort of situation. One way to sort of like uh, level up <laughs> is to is to get other people around you. Yeah. You know, Evan comes from you come from like a real sort of more traditional film school background. Oh, yeah. So Evan is totally used to working with teams of people. Yeah, that was like we were talking about this the other day. Like that was that was my takeaway from film school. I mean, I learned about lights and cameras and, and uh, editing programs that I don't use anymore. But, um, but uh, yeah, you learn how to work with a group of people. That was, that's what sticks with me to today is like sort of th- those relationships, th- those figuring out people's motivations for like, you know, what, what they want to get out of something and how, how to work with people. But um, that's, that's the difference between... Uh, Phil and I, that's what we discovered. <laughs> yeah. no. So I would have gone to the Harvard Film School, which was just like, uh, do it by yourself in the basement. You know, just be by yourself. Basement of a castle. <laughs> a really nice in, basement with high ceilings. Yeah, but, you know. A luxury old basement, yeah. It's haunted, yeah. so it's not all good. It's very but creepy. there's a community there of ghosts. There's a community there, if you consider the butlers. Um... But the, yeah, I mean, that, the, the stop motion does attract people who can do DIY everything themselves. Oh, yeah. And that's problem, that's, that is problematic. I, I, I like that you brought that up because I never, that's something that I think about all the time. I used to say, like, stop motion is a lonely sport because you're just by yourself forever. Mm-hmm. It's something I didn't really think about too much. 
um, until I started thinking about going to school. And, and one of the really big attractive things for me was to be around other people and work on like a project together or like the motivation thing totally because I hadn't had that before. But it's as simple. It's as simple as being able to like make an animatic and then almost immediately show a diverse group of people to sort of gauge what their reactions are immediately you're like a step up because mm -hmm. you're sort of like more crowdsourcing you know figuring out what works as opposed to being completely isolated sweet yeah well um that kind of wraps it up for my grilling cheese questions but if you guys want to share anything uh right now free to say anything's on your mind left out you want to share i don't know what what do we uh what do we want to say? We're, we exist. We were, we were listening to you. <laughs> we uh, listening. Yes, okay, so this is actually a good time for us to ask for uh, retraction. Uh, Anique's got the paperwork. Go ahead. <laughs> um, yes, we wanted a retraction from you as editor of your uh, podcast um, <laughs> about previous episodes where there are, it was discussed numerous times how there were no stop motion studios in Toronto specifically, and even Canada. Specifically, the episode with Colin Lepper. Oh my gosh! I was listening to the episode, this is and you, I met you guys. and you got you were like, "There's no studios in Toronto," and and Colin was like, "Yeah, I'm coming back to Toronto soon, and there's no studios here, and I'm really bummed out." You know, but I got, a, I got an email from that episode afterwards. I, about you guys being like, by the way, you should hook up with these guys. So. It's like, hey, does your computer have Google? <laughs> no, I no, looked no, at the no. date on it. It was like September 26th. And I was like, are you kidding me? We've been around for like a year. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I apologize. I'll, uh, I won't take that down. We want you to take the episode this down. Is no, I just want you to just me, like, input, learning more about input. the industry. Input audio over talk of just re editing. <laughs> there are one stop motion studios. There are one stop motion studio. Oh, this is part of the value for me. Like the oh, podcast, yeah. meeting people, finding out about these cool places, coming to meet you guys. Um, yeah, so I apologize, but going forward, I will say. <laughs> I don't think that joke No, 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 no. Very that's well. enough. That's enough. That's all we wanted. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to share? Let's see. <laughs> I love how you prepared a statement ahead of time. <laughs> We were, well, I mean, we, we live off of cookies and humor, I think. <laughs> and jam. And, and so when we, were, jam. when we were reading this, we were reading it like, sometimes we were reading it like lawyers, so we actually wrote down like, joke break. That's a very funny Oh my gosh. <laughs> you have a whole animatic planned out for this podcast? Of the, okay. Well, planning is, planning key. is key. <laughs> what is that saying? Um, no, we're just like we're kind of thrilled to like be working on this uh, this uh, short film right now. It's gonna be we're gonna be wrapping it up in uh, January of 2020, and then like later in the year, it's gonna be released. It'll play in festivals, and we can't say anything more about it now. But it's like it's really exciting. It's, we're we're sort of uh, it's been kind of a year or a bit longer in development, so. Um, mm -hmm. This is something that is like really exciting for us to get out there. Amazing. Well, yeah. I've seen all the behind the scenes because you showed me. So. Oh yeah, you know everything, know everything that we I know. Didn't sign anything that says I can't talk about it. So. Uh, <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's you will before you leave today. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. And then there's, situation with there's, you've got like more PBS stuff coming yeah. through and a bunch of stuff sort of coming Excellent. online. So. Hmm. Um, yeah, if you're interested in stop motion. Oh yeah, that is like the that is the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are not unapproachable. 
We exist. Visit we, us. You mm-hmm. can visit us. And show us your work. Our Instagram is coming back to life. Oh yeah, we're starting to. We've we he- just heard about Instagram. Yeah. What? <laughs> On one of your podcasts. Yeah, you know it started by Facebook or something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're starting to post more behind the scenes stuff because we have like collected it all on our. Uh, on the photo stream on our phones and we're like, maybe someone angel. else should see these. Yeah, it was on our angel fire site and we were like, that's not getting enough hits. Alright, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually, we're serious. <laughs> we're totally serious. Yeah. Well, do you have anything else to share? I can just wrap it up and give your Instagram handle and all that jazz. Oh yeah. What oh, is yeah. it? <laughs> what is it again? What is it? Stop well, motion. Oh, good. Well, the, the symbol at <laughs> if you're listening and you'd like to get in touch with the three wonderful people um, that have been chatting away with me for the last hour, and uh, or you just want to follow the work, you can do so by first going to their website, which is stopmotiondepartment.com, not Vipo, or head on over to Instagram and go to at stopmotiondept, D-E-P-T, short form of department. <laughs> and I'll, I'll include the links to those in the description of the podcast. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for listening. Okay, bye. Beep, beep.